Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Napolitan. This show is for C-level executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and speakers who have found success, but they don't have the life that they want. On this weekly show, we're going to be talking about business skills to have more business while we design our ideal life and have more life, more business, more life without sacrifice. Welcome to the show. Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. And today I have Alan Alabastro joining me and we're going to talk about how he changed his life through a crisis. And, and not only that, though, he chose the life that he wanted and let everything unfold. And we're really going to break this down on how others can do that too. So you can live the life you love and build your income around that. So Alan, thanks for being on the show. I'm excited to to jump in here. Cool. Thanks for having me. It's it's my pleasure. We, you know, it's the whole show. More business, more life. Here is, you know, I love bringing people like you on because, you know, when I look at you and I look at your story, you really are choosing life and choosing the way you want to live and and the way you want to be with your family. And, uh, and then letting the business work around that, which is my whole theme. It's like design your life and then build your business around that. And so, and I will want to talk about how you transitioned to this because I know it wasn't always this way, but right now let's tell people where you are. So Alan, you, you have, would you call it an event photography business or commercial photography? Like how would you describe it? Well, I, I call it commercial photography business, but my primary focus is events and performances. So live events, corporate events, um, not necessarily weddings, and performance photography for um, the arts organizations like the opera, the ballet, symphony, um, the repertory theater, Shakespeare, things like that. And this has gotten you to the Super Bowl and all kinds of big events that oh, yeah. you probably never would have thought of in your career. And now, you know, you've gotten, you've done some big things, brother. Yeah, I've got to do a lot of great things, uh, a lot of big things, and I've got to meet a lot of amazing people along the way as well. It's, uh, it is amazing. Like I remember when I was, when I was in my filmmaking days and, you know, one things one of my colleagues brought up is like, wow, when we would go to film festivals, look at the press, they can like get around everywhere. So I don't know if you remember this, Alan, cause I know you remember some of the stuff we used to do, but I've known Alan a long time. <laughs> and oh, by the way, our, our, our wives are cousins. So Alan and our cousins, even though we don't look like it, we've called ourselves cousins <laughs> for decades now. Um, but uh, we started a magazine for a little bit. I don't know if you remember that, the Scene Magazine. Yeah, that's right. That's right. In, in your town. And, and it was only to get into events. <laughs> it's perfect, though. And the camera is like an all-access pass. It's beautiful the way that works. It's uh, a DJ in Australia. I, I saw he went around with his headphones and uh, like a bag of vinyls and he would go and he even got in parliament buildings in Australia saying, I'm the DJ. And then people just let him in through security. Well, my son, same way. He just, you know, he walks in, he's like, I'm with the photographer and they just let him in. You know, I, I w I've been in some areas where it was really restricted. And then Andre, my son shows up. I'm like, how did you even get in here? He's like, oh, I just told him I'm with the photographer and they just waved me through. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> President of China. It was crazy how he, where Andre was. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's so, so remarkable. Um, and congratulations on all, all your success. You know, um, it's something I say often is that if you follow your passion, you know, in your heart, then things align. And so, you know, so maybe talk a little about that, like as you've really focused yeah. And that's a good question. Everybody always says, oh, you know, that's so great that you're following your dreams, that you're following your passion, that, but they assume that the photography is the passion. And, you know, I do enjoy photography, don't get me wrong, but photography honestly really isn't my passion. What my passion is, is my lifestyle. And I followed my lifestyle. I followed what my dreams was not photography. My dreams was a particular way I wanted to live. And that included being able to hang out with celebrities, be friends with celebrities. You know, that's, it seems like a weird dream, but it's like, yeah, I just want to be, hang out with celebrities. They're my friends, get to, get to hang out with it. I wanted to, I wanted to hang out at a beach house. It didn't necessarily have to be my beach house, somebody's beach house, but I've got that. You know, I wanted to spend time with my family, work from home, travel around everywhere. And with photography, not being the passion, photography, in that business is a tool that allows me to live the type of lifestyle I want to lead. Now, 
it also helped me make decisions on what type of photography I wanted to do. I don't, I, I enjoy weddings, but I decided I didn't really want to do weddings. But events, events were, I always wanted to be an event planner. And so I love events. I love being around a lot of people. That, so that kind of help, helped me. I didn't really choose. I just sort of fought, fell into it. So I, I developed this pattern, I suppose, pattern or ideal of what my life needed to be or how I wanted it to be. And my choices and decisions on how I got to photography and the direction I took my photography was based on how I wanted to live. You're, you're basically describing, because I love to say, design the life you want first. And that's what you said. Okay, you're saying the list. You know, you want to spend time with celebrities. You want to be able to be with your family, like flexibility in your lifestyle. And then, so then how did you sort this out? Did you say, okay, what are the things I like to do that would fit that category? Is that, or like, just take us through your mindset. You know, it's kind of fun. <laughs> So I, it's kind of funny how that worked because I actually, um, I actually made a list. So I was unemployed um, around 2008 when you know all that market crashed, and I ended up not having a job. And so I'm sitting there and just just made a list. And you know, I had the kids with me. We're all in bed, and and um, all in our bed. And and I was like, let's make a list. And I put everything down, like Pizza Man, you know. Uh, uh, mayor and all kinds of stuff, right? I had all kinds of crazy, anything. And just, there's no, nothing got rejected. You know what never made the list? Photography? Yeah, never made the <laughs> list. <laughs> oh, but the funny thing is, is that I was already doing it. I was shooting for the, for the ballet. I was shooting for the opera. And what had happened was, you know, I, one of the other things, lifestyle was like, I want to be the life of the party. I wanted to be, I wanted to be, you know, like people see me and they like, have a great time. Everybody loves a photographer, especially at events. They want the picture taken. You get to meet everybody. Um, so I, there was this event um, at the ballet. It was a winter wonderland ball. And it was kind of expensive. And I had three kids in ballet. And I was like, wow, with the three kids and me and the wife, that's, that's, a, few, that's a few hundred bucks right there. You know? And I can't afford that. So I approached the, the, um, you know, the parents association. I was like, hey, can I um, – how about I, I do a trade? I take photos of the event. You let my, me and my family in. And they said, that's fine. And so I took the photos and then the, the ballet development department saw this, saw the photos. And I, hey, these are great. So they called me and they say, hey, we have other events that we need photography for four. And how about if we, you know, we'll give you some season tickets or whatever, tickets to the ballet and you take some photos for us. And, and then I just started doing shooting for the ballet. And then they, someone, you know, introduced me to somebody at the opera and they said, oh, if you're good enough for the ballet, you're good enough for the opera. So it sort of just kind of snowballed. And the next thing I know, um, I'm shooting for the opera and I'm shooting the ring. They go, hey, I was backstage with my kids actually taking photos of the kids. They, I still hadn't shot for the opera. And then um, I was back there taking photos with my brand new used camera that I got from a guy from work. And um, they're like, hey, we heard you're back here with your camera how about you come up to the front of the house and shoot the ring? And the ring is a 17 hour opera. This is the Super Bowl of opera. It's every four years. They, it runs for uh, three different cycles. It's four days worth of opera for 17 hours. And they said, come in front of the, and shoot the ring. This'll be your audition. And at this point, I never, I was, I never shot opera. I never shot anything like live theaters, you know, with this, but I did take photos of my kids on stage at the school and you have kids. Yeah. You know what it's like? Have you ever tried to take pictures of them on stage at school and what that experience was like? It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Right. But I got really good at it. And, and at this point I just really wanted to get my kids. They were in ballet and they were in this opera. I just wanted to get pictures of my kids. That's all I really wanted to do. But I cut my teeth taking photos of them on stage at school where the kids aren't unprofessional. The lighting's terrible. There's parents and kids in the way. And, I got really good. I, f I figured out tricks to, to make this work. And so when I got to the opera and I'm out there in front, I got the entire orchestra section to myself. Nobody's in my way. Wow. All right. No photography except for that guy in the middle with all the chairs that's taking, he's taken up. Okay. <laughs> and then the lighting's amazing. These costumes and hair, they spent thousands and thousands of dollars for these. So it was an ideal situation. So I took the photos it was a piece of cake and they see him afterward. They go, these are lovely. We would love to 
you know, let you shoot our operas. And, and that's kind of how it started. And then it just snowballed from there. And so it wasn't intentional. My intention was to get pictures of my kids. I was doing what I loved and my passion was taking pictures of my kids and supporting them. And then it turned into where I was actually getting paid to take pictures of my kids, which I think was, for me, was a, like a total scam. <laughs> it feels like that's, yeah. You know, that's, it's funny. You're not the first person that said that when I've uh, inter- interviewed other people that are, that are doing what they absolutely, uh, what just feels so good to them that they feel like, how am I getting paid to do this? Exactly. It, it, which is a beautiful thing to have, right? Because yeah. there you are. And I think when you're doing what you're meant to do, the universe conspires to give you the abundance around it. So there you are just doing something that you were doing just purely for your own intentions and and to have fun with it and absolutely like capturing your family and then to have that uh, result in something that's created a lifestyle for you for now uh, I over a decade right I mean so yeah yeah that's right and and um, you know it's nothing intentional that I had figured on doing but it was, there was a need there you know and what what happened is I I took my skills and my past well you know what my what excited me I guess my passion and um, at the same time I found something that. Um, there was a hole in, in the need for an, a good event photographer. I'm very gregarious. I, I love me. I meet thousands of people a week, and I, you know, I love going up to people, meeting new people, learning more about them. And when when that happens, they put their their wall down, their guard down. Right. So then they become much more natural and much more easy in front of the camera. So I always get, you know, the people, you know, people like say, how, how did you get these people smiling? And you, it looks like they're having such a great time. Well, because they are, I, I feel like I'm the life of the party and I'm just there to entertain everybody. You know? and, then you, and, and then you happen to have the camera in your hand. So you're yeah. capturing, the, capturing the moment, you know, and, and I just want to say, Alan's not joking. There's only a few people I could definitely count on my two hands of some of the most connected people I know. And Alan uh, is someone I've walked around Seattle and it's not a small city and I can't, we can't go, I can't go anywhere without Alan, without someone saying, Alan, Hey, it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, uh, like, are you kidding me? Like anywhere, you could drop him anywhere and not just in Seattle. We'll be like, all over and and i'm always good whenever i'm with alan somebody comes over and gives him a hug it's it's uh, it's pretty wild <laughs> and that's and that's kind of lifestyle you know i i wanted to be recognizable i didn't want to be a celebrity per se i didn't you know i i didn't want to be this famous person that you know people just randomly off the street say hey i want to it's some pe- it's people that i actually know and i've met so many people that yeah that anywhere i go any town any city i run into somebody and um but, you know, and the, one other thing I wanted to bring up was, um, you know, people always say, um, wow, that's, that's great that you took the leap of faith. And everybody talks, talks about this leap yeah. of faith. And there was no leap on my account. There was no faith. I didn't have faith. I was actually standing on the edge of the cliff looking over and saying, wow, you know, maybe I should get in this creative career, photography maybe, blah, blah, blah. But I was in my safety zone. I was working full time. I had an engineering um, job. I was doing sales. You know, I, was, I, I had uh, expenses covered. You know, all those things. It was comfortable, right? But I was so unhappy. But I was comfortable. And, you know, there, you, you have to be safe, too, because I had a family to feed. I had a mortgage to pay. But some of those things are kind of, you know, hold you back from taking that leap. And then when 2008 came in, I'm standing there at the edge of the cliff and looking down and, you know, deciding not to jump. And the economy did that for me. It actually came up from behind and just kind of kicked me. I was like looking over the edge and just shoved me with the foot, kicked me in the butt and just shoved me over that edge. And that was a leap. (laughs) Right. So basically what I'm hearing, you didn't actually make the choice. You were thinking about it. And then then the economy said, hey, you don't have a job anymore. So then now it was like, okay, what am I going to do? Exactly. And that's what happens. And that's where we are now. And, and what we're seeing is we're going, a lot of people are doing a lot of layoffs, a lot, a lot of uh, engineers. I was, you know, engineering background uh, back in 2008. And now we're at that time again, where a lot of engineers are getting laid off, you know, the factories and Boeing, um, they're, they're just announcing layoff 10,000 people. And, and that's, 10,000 people that are either going to retire or looking for something else to do. And um, a lot of people have a camera on their phone, um, picked up a camera, they can afford it because they have a nice income, bought this nice DLSR or mirrorless camera and 
haven't really done anything with it. And it's like, well, maybe I should try something um, with this and find a new career. And, um, and that's, and that's where, you know, we, t people are transitioning and can I share, so I, I want to tell my Bill Gates story. That would be cool. And then I want to come back. I have one follow-up question about this transition. So at what point, I mean, I think I understand, but I just want to, I want to slow down time for a moment. You, you obviously being laid off helped push this edge and you didn't really like go right into photography. It kind of came like as they, you were asked, you know, and you're doing it because you're unemployed. So you're trying to find a discount for your family. So it kind of just came all together. But at what point when you decided or how did you decide, Hey, this is my thing now? Like, do you know, was there a moment? Okay. Overlapped. Actually, all that started while I was working as an engineer. So, you know, I actually built a customer base with the, with the ballet and the opera and, and some other theater companies doing their events uh, while I was working, um, actually okay. was working part-time. And I, I, I didn't consider it as a job or a business because, uh, you know, I was just doing it. People just asked me and I said, sure, okay, I'll do that. And so even when I, even when I did that list, and not even put photographer down. I was actually, I actually had clients doing photography and I didn't even consider it. Like I didn't even make the list of what I would do for a living, uh, you know, not that I was laid off or lost my job. And so, um, so that, then I just said, well, maybe, yeah, I got this photography thing. I'm actually making money doing it. Um, maybe I should do that full time, hundred percent, go hundred percent all in. And that's the trigger when there was no other option and I went a hundred percent, I didn't have anything else to fall back. And I didn't say, I didn't have a, you know, some sort of um, money coming in for my family or I didn't have a job that was keeping me safe or my wife had a, her own job that was feeding the family or anything like that. I didn't have anything else. And so it forced me to really make some decisions and focus on this photography business and making this thing work and figuring out what type of clients, are, 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 do I need or do I want to do? I did some weddings at the beginning and I figured, oh God, I hated that, <laughs> that experience. And, um, and then I kind of fell into events because that's where it, was, it felt, that's because that's what I knew. And so, you know, when I worked with you, we were, I joined the Chamber of Commerce. And so I tapped into the Chamber of Commerce and the people I knew there already and, and got work from them and they gave me leads and referrals and I started networking again and networking is a big thing. Um, so yeah, um, part of the transition too is trying to figure out, you know, you have to despair, you know, we're, we're in this time, we're in a time zone where we're in a, this big transition and there's this big despair. Um, 2008, everybody lost their jobs, economy tank, you know, there was, um, um, uh, we call it recession and we're, you know, we're coming, you know, we're possibly going into a recession or a recession now. Um, this whole COVID thing is screwing everything up. We're, we're all in despair and, and you're thinking, God, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? So let me lead into this Bill Gates story. Go for it. And so we were at the park. We were at the playground, uh, our local neighborhood playground where we used to go. And we were playing um, basketball. Me and my wife were playing basketball and the kids were out and playing the playground. And I look over and I see these guys kind of lurking in the bushes. Um, just, they kind of look like engineers actually lurking in the bushes. Like, What's going on? And I, this guy walks by us and I go, that really looks like Bill Gates. I mean, right by the basketball court we're playing and, and he's like, wow, Bill Gates is watching us play basketball. That's weird. And that, can't, that must really look like, and then I noticed the security people and I realized that Bill Gates was there with his family. Okay. And now I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out in my life, you know, I'm a total failure and what am I going to do next? How am I going to make money? And, uh, you know, should I, you know, become a million? You know, all these things are circling in my head. And, uh, and, and Bill Gates was there in the park with his family. And, and what I realized, and so, you know, he, his kids, my, my son got on the, uh, uh, Andre got on the swing and Bill Gates' kids came to the swing next to Andre. So Bill Gates came behind his kid standing next to me and he's pushing his kid on the swing. So we're bush, both pushing the kids on the swing and I'm pushing it a little further and then Bill Gates is pushing his kid a little further and I'm pushing my kid further and then he's pushing <laughs> his kid further. <laughs> but what, but what, the point I'm trying to make here is that here I'm worried about what should I do, how am I going to make money and blah, blah, blah. And in reality, there's the richest man in the world standing next to me. And what he really wanted to do at that moment 
was be like me. He wanted to be me for that moment. He wanted to be a family man, pushing his kid on the swing like a normal person in a park without being accosted by all these people and asking him all kinds of questions and things like that. He just wanted to spend time with his family at the park. And that gave me focus about, hey, I need to maintain my values and, um, and do what I love and be with my family and the rest will come. The rest, the rest is out there and it'll came. And, and after that, I never really worried about it because, you know, if the richest man in the world wants to sit, stand there and be me for a brief moment, man, I must be doing something right. Well, what a perspective. And so then how did that parlay like to the next step for you? How did you, so now you're in going for the photography that's starting to happen. And this is becoming part of your world. How did you start to create the, the, the way to maintain your family life while you're building a business now? What were the ways that you were able to, to do that? Well, um, with photography, lots of times, you know, like uh, event photography happens in the evenings and the weekends. And a lot of it was in the arts organization. And primarily in, in here in Seattle, we have this thing called Seattle Center where the Space Dental is and where the World's Fair was. And my kids... Went about did ballet school there, and they ended up going to high school in the same location. There's a school, high school there, and um, a, pretty much a majority of my clients were within this square of Seattle Center. There was the ballet, the opera, the Seattle Rep, Book of Theater, Shakespeare, the Science Center, the Children's Museum, the Children's Theater, the Space Needle. All those people became my clients. And so I spent a lot of time in the same places that my kids spend a lot of time. And so I was there to pick them up at school. When I was on a break, I'd stop by and see them. Or maybe I'm at an event and they're performing or I'm the photographer at the event that they're part of. It just, it, so there's silos. There's a family silo, there's a personal silo, and there's a work silo. And that's how I always lived. And these silos never mixed. Now, there was no silos anymore. The line between work and family and community were blurred. It was all the same now. Work was part of my family's, what they did for recreation, for their personal stuff. It was all blended together now. And that was the whole beauty of the whole thing is that there was no, you know, I, I use my kids as well to, to help me out at, um, uh, as assistants, and lots of times I'll be backstage at the ballet after you know after um, after the performance. We have a you know backstage party, and typically my son is too young to be invited to these things, and um, it's because just you know all the principal dancers and then all the donors and stuff. And so here's all these people, and Andre is the only student allowed at this party because he's helping me out, and he, of course he knows everybody. Um, so it, it just kind of all blended together. And that was, that's what made it really, really fun. Wow. That's amazing. And I know you've also got to do amazing trips to like Alaska and other parts of the world and pretty much make it a holiday while you're doing the work. Yeah, that's right. Our kids um, end up becoming our assistants. They're additional, um, you know, second, third photographers. They're also our models. And we're also taking a family vacation. We go to Alaska every year for, for two couple of weeks. Everything's paid for. We don't pay for anything except maybe some food. And the rest of the time, we're, we're doing every single tour, adventure. We're in helicopters. We're ziplining. We're getting chased by bears. You know, we're fishing. You know, we're doing all kinds of stuff. And it's actually, we're actually working. And, um, and then we go back the next summer, and they have all the brochures, you know, the, you know, the, visit, you know, the visitor's guide. And my daughter, we, we got to the airport and she opened up the book when we arrived and she looks at the brochure and she's like, dad, this is like a family summer photo album. It's all our photos. It's us. This is us. This is our photo album. But it's the visitor's guide. <laughs> the visitor guide about Alaska yeah. is the Alabaster family. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just brilliant. You know, uh, Giovanni and I often talk about instead of calling it work-life balance, it's work-life integration. And, and you're talking yeah, about, this no. is like the pinnacle of that. You've completely integrated all the parts of your life into, into just living. Yeah, completely. Complete integration. It's the same thing. 
life there are, are you working well i mean yeah but i'm also you know living <laughs> it's <the> same, <laughs> there's no it's the same thing you know it's, uh, people ask me they're like are you a life coach or a business coach and i often say what when do you die when you go to work you know yeah. like even well, if, if good- yeah you're living like life is life like we are living at work we are living with our family we are living so and you're taking it to that next where they're all on the same path. They're not on different roads, which is so beautiful to hear, you know? Yeah. It's, it's uh, no, you guys, you guys were, that's, I like that. It's that work, work-life integration. Um, yeah, you're right. That's, that's, I'm going to use that. So let's pause real quick and take a break and we'll be right back. I just want to give a big shout out to Pro Audio Voices. They help me with all of my podcasts and Becky and her team are just amazing. I've known them for years, even before I started my podcast. And that's why she was my go-to because not only does she help me sound great and produces the podcast, so it's easy for me. I can do what I do best. I do the speaking and the interviewing, and then they do all that background work to help get the podcast out there in the right way with the highest quality. But on top of that, what makes it most critical to me, for those of you that know me, wow, clients are important. Wow, relationships are important. And working with Becky and her team is definitely wow. I get an amazing experience. I get to work with amazing people. A lot of love and hugs. Let's put it that way. So if you want to work with great people and you want to get a podcast out and you want to let go of all the technology and the way that it's recorded so you can do what you do best, then you definitely want to get a hold of Pro Audio Voices. And it's ProAudioVoices.com and you'll be able to reach Becky and her team and be able to let go of all that stuff so you can do what you do best and then delegate the rest. Yeah, it's, 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 it is what it is because balance, I mean, there are times I'm sure. And if you think about it and like, I look at it in my life and you know, I'm all about my family life as well. And I, and it wasn't always, you also remember me, you've known me long enough. You remember my workaholic days as well. And, you know, I used to look at that and it's like either or, and now finding ways to make it all together. And then it doesn't mean sometimes that we're doing like, you know, uh, a, a higher level of work around one project, but then the next two, three days, we don't work at all. You're some, you know, like it's, you know, sometimes it's going to be a little different. And that's where I think it gets tricky with that word balance because people think it has to be exactly balanced on every day. And that's not the case either, right? You know, some days you're going to be putting an extra effort in for a certain thing. And then another day you're not, you know, so the integration word just suits it better because it doesn't have this illusion that everything has to be, you know, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that you have the exact yeah. amount of peanut butter and the exact amount of jelly every time and every sandwich it's, it's uh, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, no, we, um, we, we loved kayak. So we have a kayak down in uh, the lake, uh, Lake Washington or Lake union. And um, we, we, we got this kayak one for exercise and two to have, we, we love to go birding. And so that was the other way to go see birds is from the water side. So, but I call this, it's not our kayak. It's our, um, floating photography platform is what it's for. <laughs> right. You know, we're actually getting exercise, enjoying bird watching, which is a hobby of my wife and my, me, but also taking photos, which we actually sell. So it's, it's, it's the same. It's, again, integration. We integrated the whole thing. It's all part of the same thing. Yeah. So you, it's, your gym, your time with your wife, you're getting to do things that you, that you enjoy to do, and, and you're also uh, earning at the same time. Yeah. And we'll, you know, we'll invite friends over with those extra kayaks and we'll bring friends along and we show them birds and we show them different parts of the lake and the university of Washington and where the boys in the boat, you know, their, their, their boathouse where that was, you know, we go right by that and, uh, and, you know, sleep in Seattle, sleep in Seattle houseboats. And so we're also tour guides too. That's kind of, well, it's, it's all, all there. And then again, you're enjoying people, which goes back to your whole thing, being around people and, and doing it. So you've really found a way to bring all this together. I'm, I'm really curious after having figured this out and have this lifestyle that you have now for those that are, and you're right right now, you know, whether you're listening to this, like pretty close to this period or later, um, you know, crises happen all the time. And so this came, you're kind of a product of the 08 crisis and coming into this way and you made these choices. And then now we have, you know, COVID-19 happening in 2020 while, while we're recording this and it's another crisis and more people are out of work. 
there's other people that are going to be listening to this. And even if it's before a crisis or after a crisis, and you're, they're sitting there wondering what to do with their life, what would you say if, if you were to give someone uh, you know, a starting point or the one piece of advice, like if someone's sitting there thinking, wow, I'd like to do what Alan's done, what would be your... Uh, if you could just give them one piece of advice or that first step, what would you think it would be? Um, that first step would be to close your eyes and imagine yourself in the future, but speak to it as if it's currently happening. And so basically affirmation of the lifestyle that you dream of, that you think about, put yourself there in that lifestyle of, for in the, in my instance, hanging out with celebrities, hanging out with Rudy Yankovic, you know, whatever. It, it, it could be that outrageous because it's still in your mind, but get the idea and the comfort that I'm comfortable with hanging out with celebrities. You know, that's kind of, you know, like, hey, they ride in my car, I'll pick them up, we'll go out and get fro-yo or whatever together, you know, things like that. Um, that is part of my the vision I had. I also had that vision of that beach house. Now, these aren't things that specifically say what type of job I'm going to have, but the decisions I'm going to make as far as the type of jobs um, I'm going to take um, are based on that vision of, you know, how am I going to get there through this job? Now, it's not like someone can go out there and say, okay, well, I'm going to be a photographer, um, you know, especially coming right out of college. I'm going to be a photographer and live this like, type of lifestyle like Alan does. No, that's not going to happen. You got to do, you know, you got to do, make your dues first, you know. I don't regret the time I spent as an engineer. And those were good experiences because I, I made money. I got this, to buy a home, support my family. Um, I learned a lot about business. I learned a lot about sales. I learned a lot of technical things that applied to now my photography business. If I started photography business right out of college, I think I probably would have failed. You would, you would have probably quit. You would have been like, oh, yeah, because I had no experience about, you know, you know, clients and networking and, and relationships and sales and market. I, I would have known, not known about any of that. And so my career as an engineer, project manager, designer, salesperson gave me all the tools I needed to run my business now. But the decisions I made on the way were based on the, the vision I had at that time. Like, for instance, at one time, we always believed that we were always going to live in California. And we decided at one point that we're never going to buy a home because it was too unaffordable. We couldn't afford to buy a home in, in the San Francisco Bay Area. So, but uh, what happened was that there was this opportunity to take a job in Seattle and I saw the home prices up here and it was like, oh my God, that's so affordable in Seattle. And based on the lifestyle, I, you know, I didn't say, I didn't think of myself uh, uh, on the beach or a house in California. I just knew that it was those visions of that. They weren't that specific. So when I was able to transfer that idea into possibly being in Seattle in the state of Washington, that decision opened up that I made that decision to leave California and come to Seattle because I wanted a particular type of lifestyle that I wanted to lead that where I was in the San Francisco Bay area didn't really allow me to do that. So that's how I made that decision to come up here and raise my family up here because it was, it met, it was, it took me closer to where I wanted to be. Right. It's like setting the goal and letting the road that you're on change. It's still achieved the thing. So you're, um, by not attaching to one road, I often use this as a metaphor. It's like we, I, and I've done this. I've done the opposite. I set a goal. I set the road I'm going to go on. And then the road sucks. You know, there's potholes. You can't get there. Or like in your case, it's expensive. Maybe it's a massive toll road, like whatever you want to add into the story. And then come to find out there's another road just over there that goes where you want to go. And you could have... And you didn't see it. Yeah. 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 And most of the time we don't see it, but you know, like you were open to allow the road to change. So it, one of my favorite things to say is don't give up on your dream, but be willing to change the path to get there. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. And you're right. And, you know, people think about, well, uh, I want to get into the photography business and here's a roadmap. Okay. And this is the map that you, these are the paths that you're supposed to follow. Well, lots of times, even Google maps, you, you look at these maps, sometimes they're old 
It doesn't have all the information, doesn't have all the exact turns, and maybe they took a road out and they added a road. And th th these things, you know, maps, maps are, are a guide. You know, maps are a guide to take you in the direction you want to go. But along the way, you need to make some decisions because the road's going to split, not, you know, you either left or right or straight, or maybe there's four or five forks in the road. And sometimes you take the wrong one and it leads you down the wrong path and you're going in the wrong direction. Sometimes you got to back out or take a different path out of that the way you thought you were going that was the right way and takes you out and to closer to where you want to go. And so um, you have to have that sort of goal or idea, um, um, that vision, so that when those forks come up in the road, it will help guide you in the correct direction. Do I go left? Do I go right? And yeah. that's, yeah. You know, and you know, it just reminded me of Jim Collins who wrote Built to Last and he mm -hmm. studied uh, the companies that have lasted a hundred years plus or, and you know, the biggest thing that he found with the most successful companies, they, they, they stayed true to their core, the core beliefs of what they wanted. And then everything else was willing to change. Everything else, everything else was up for grabs, up to change. And, and, th and th that was what, I mean, there's other things in the book built to last, but out of everything, if I were to pick one thing from the book that really stood out to that made the difference and they use comparables, they're like this company and this company were very much the same, started very much the same time. And then one, uh, let everything change, but their core beliefs and the other one didn't, and they're no longer around, <laughs> you know? So, so, mm -hmm. uh, that, that, this is just another reinforcement to what you're saying. And it's, it's, uh, and so beautiful. And so back to like the, to reinforce, and these are great stories. I love story. I talk in stories all the time or metaphors. Look how many times I did it in this podcast, but it just to reinforce the idea is to dream. You know, what you're saying is close your eyes, dream of the life you want, not the how, you know, I, and, and, and I've heard this many times too. Like sometimes when we, when we dream about the how we actually slow down our achievement of our goals. So, you know, and, and I think, I'm just coming back to your point. So the first step coming from Alan would be to close your eyes and dream of your life the way that you would want it and then start to be open to the changes you need to make in your life. And, and let's, I brought that word up. I know you didn't say that, Alan, but I want, I want to uh, pass this back to you because ultimately in the end to get what you're talking about so you can dream about it, then ultimately you have to be willing to change because let's face it, if you don't change, then nothing will be different, right? And you'll just keep doing the same thing. Yeah, that's right. And you, what, so there's this thing called comfort zones where we know about comfort zones. And, I, and years ago, I, I, I did this uh, workshop with James Newman part. It was a uh, release your breaks. And he came up with this idea of comfort zones. And if you get in this comfort zone and you go out of that comfort zone, your, your body's and your mind starts to feel a little bit nervous. And so the way to do something new and to change is to think about yourself out of that comfort zone into this new area and get in your mind and do your affirmations at night and think about you now in that out of, out of that comfort zone. And so that now that this is your new sort of self reality, you put yourself in there and that you start moving yourself out of that old comfort zone, out of the old you and move it into this, improved vision of yourself yeah but you do have to be willing to change absolutely always that's it i mean if you dream of something and then you keep doing the same thing then nothing can change and and uh you just hit on another point that i i, I have a saying for is like success doesn't always feel normal because it really doesn't if you think about it like wherever we want to go and our success is usually a place we've never been so we have no experience of it our mind loves uh to just know you know, like as children, we grow up, you learn what a chair is. You don't have to relearn what a chair is. You know how to sit down. Even if you think about learning to drive, at, at first you're thinking about everything. How do I turn? Where's the signal? How much gas do I put? Do I hit the brake now or later? Then later, you know, now uh, you hate to say it, but as an adult, you like get home and you're like, I don't remember driving home. I just, I just arrived because it was so much subconscious. So the, I think human beings, we love and the human brain wants to be efficient. It's made up that way. So it's always wanting to get into some sort of autopilot. And then guess what happens? We go, we go and dream. And then we screw all that up. And our mind's like, what? WTF? What, what are you doing? We have it all set. Life is perfect. We're alive. And then, uh, so that, that's why it gets uncomfortable. And even fear can show up because the human mind is saying, 
hey, we've got it good. You know, we're breathing, you know, yeah, it's not as comfortable as you'd like, but you know, you're alive, you know? <laughs> so, so, uh, so it pushes out of that. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and life is, life is constantly changing. And if you don't adapt to that, you're going to be left behind. You're going to be stuck in this, um, what, you know, the, the old ways, um, my old way, which just a couple months ago was just, just fine. And that was shooting, taking photos of large corporate events and going to, um, you know, theater, live theater and parties. And, you know, two months ago that was just fine. And now if I kept, if I keep thinking I'm going to do events, my business will die at this point. And so I need to adapt. I need to change. So right now I'm doing a lot of education, online training of different techniques and different, different, different parts of uh, t- photography that I've done a little bit of and kind of knew about, but now I'm getting a much better training and better understanding. So I can be much better at those areas um, you know, maybe eventually I'll go back to your events when things come back around. But right now I can't stay, I can't stay in event business because it's not there right now. And I have to change by there's, or I'll lose my house. It's right. that simple. It's, right? it's, it's, uh, you know, the, those that stay rigid, this goes back to built to last those companies that stay rigid in one point of view, they no longer exist. And the ones that last you know, and this will happen every year, every quarter of, of a year, um, you know, and definitely every 10 years. Look where we are. Here we are a decade later, a little more than a decade later since you started. And now here you are in a way reinventing yourself. H- however, I would say at another leg up because now you're 10 years smarter. You have so many more ideas. So that next change um, you know, your early years, the changes are, are even feel even more significant. Now, I'm not saying this isn't significant because it is, but you have so many more tools in your bag. Yeah, absolutely. I'm much more confident. You know, if, if I stop and think about what's really happening, I think I would kind of freak out, but I have this confidence and experience that I say, you know what, I will get through this. I have the resources. I have the knowledge. I have support. Um, not just for my family and friends, but also from the industry that I will get through this. And, you know, if I turn around and support them as well, they will get, they will get through it too. Uh, so anyhow, I don't know where that came from, but. Well, no, it's perfect. <laughs> and it actually tees up to my next question. Cause I, I think, and this is a great way. We're going to get close to ending this podcast, but uh, we've come a long way. We talked about how do we make change in our life? How do we start to live the life that we want? And how do we even do that through crisis, which is what you've done. And then now we're, we've really landed this last few minutes on change because I think ultimately that's the factor. Anything we've talked about, if we don't allow change, none of what you just told, all the stories that you've told, they wouldn't have been possible. We wouldn't be sitting here having this discussion. So what gets me really curious, because I always like to leave tidbits for everyone listening. What, 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 here's another one. What's one thing to help people be okay with change. Cause it, I mean, even though change, like you just said it changes about every bit of our life. Like there's always going to be change, but not all, everyone is, is okay with it. A lot of people are afraid of it and, and they let it come slower, which then inhibits their, their dreams. So is there something that you could say after all this years of you've gone through lots of changes, drastic ones, small ones, but what would you say as a suggestion or something that someone could get started? How could they make change a little bit easier? Or or I don't know, like how, what would you give? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, and that's to me pretty simple, is to be open to opportunities. And life is full of opportunities. Their opportunities are under our nose. But most of the time, we're not paying attention because we're so rigid in our ideas that we don't want to change that. When an opportunity comes across, it just lets it go it just goes right past you. And so what you have to be able to do is to recognize opportunities and two, jump on that opportunity. Um, and you're, but you also, at the same time, need to be prepared for those opportunities. If you sit around and not do anything and that opportunity comes and you may not be prepared for it. So, you know, you also have to, you know, what do you prepare for? Well, I don't know. Prepare with things that you love to do. I, I haven't played piano for a long time because there's piano right next to my desk. And now I learn, I unlocked some codes and now I'm a way better piano player when the last time I saw you, Steve, I'm way better. I can tell you like I'm awesome. 10 times better awesome. than the last time I, I, you know, I met, that we met up. 
I don't know why I'm playing piano. I'm just doing it because I enjoy it, but I think it helps me also think about patterns, about combinations and things like that. Anyhow. Well, it's following your joy. You know, like really I find following your joy and look what you've done. You follow joy. Photography brought joy to you and your family. Now the piano is bringing you joy. You're just, you've done a tremendous job, Alan, just following fun and joy and then let those rewards come. Yeah, you're, you're right. And so be open to recognize these opportunities. Be prepared for the opportunities that you want to receive and take those opportunities because if you don't jump at it, it's going to pass you by or somebody else will take it. And let's bring it back to something you've already brought up, the opera. So there you were taking event pictures of ballet with your kids and you always wanted to get those photographs and you even worked with low lighting and all kinds of crazy things and figured out how to do it. And so that gave you somewhat of the preparation. But let's face it, you could have been like, I've never shot the opera. I don't know what to do. You could have turned that down and said, oh, I've never done that. I can't do that. But you did have enough background, enough notes that you said, oh, I think I could do this. And, uh, and then you did it. If you would have passed that by, like probably your company wouldn't be what it is. Yeah. Because I would have thought that I'm not qualified to do that. If I was in Los Angeles or New York or even San Francisco and had that opportunity, no, you know, no one would have given me that opportunity. So I wouldn't have thought that I was qualified to do something like that. But someone gave me the opportunity. I never did anything of that scale, but I had the skills to do it. And if I fail, I fail. So what? I, I didn't lose anything. I, you know, maybe I'll do better next time and I'll learn. And, but now, actually now with the internet and YouTube and all this stuff available to us, we have all this information. I can just look it up. I can just look it up online stay up all night, watch all these videos, read up on all those things. And the next thing, you know, you, you're, you're shooting opera. And so, so with any other opportunity, it, the same thing goes, you know, well, okay, well, I'm familiar with it. I have some skills in that along that way, but you know, I can, I can learn this. Anybody, anybody can learn it, you know, and it's easier now for people to be able to take these opportunities that were, not available to them, you know, for, you know, I'm a lot older than you, but probably a lot of your listeners too. But, you know, in the younger days, we didn't have this information available to us. I didn't know any, I didn't know any photographers. I wouldn't, you know, there's nothing, you know, anyhow, but now all that information is right there, click away. And so it's now what's holding you back isn't information or other people. What's holding you back is, and Steve, you can answer that question who's who's holding you back yeah it's going to be yourself right yeah absolutely choosing to do it or not you know it's um you know it's willing to take that action and you know it or my this you know great way to end our whole discussion is is that steve jobs quote it's he said that that famous one he said you can't connect the dots looking forward only looking backwards and if you look at all your life and it, it all it does connect the dots to right now and who you are and if you didn't have like you said if you didn't have that sales job or you didn't have that engineering background you wouldn't be the alan that's right here on this podcast and um and and the same goes for me you know i went from filmmaking to production to then winning an award. And even that award that we won that got me speaking and teaching was our viral video that we did 44 million impressions in three weeks. And that was because we mixed ad platform storytelling. So my filmmaking, our advertising ability and public relations, which I did not go to school. I didn't get an MBA in marketing. I learned all these things from books. And like, to your point, Alan, it wasn't a lot online. I had to like go buy books. I had to like pay for courses to learn from other market marketers. Um, but the thing that the, the PR, this is a good uh, story to wrap around what you just said. I had a client, we were doing their commercials, their 30 second commercials regionally around the United States. And uh, they were like, we love you and you're doing so well for us. We do not like our, our PR company. Can you do the PR too? And, and I'm in California and they were, they were on the East Coast. So I said, I think so. Well, in our next meeting, we'll have that. And so I was flying across the country and I got a PR book and I read it on the plane and I didn't even read all of it. And I got a gist of it because I noticed that PR was about telling stories, which I was good at, but then how you get that released out to the press. And so I got there and I had enough confidence 
that I knew that I would read the rest of the book on the way home and I would keep studying to your point. And I saw I had the confidence to say, hey, yeah, I I think we can do this. And we already know your company and we know your story. So let's just tell your story bigger. In 45 days, we had over 50 articles uh, printed for them and got them listed on the AP, the Associated Press for the expert in their field. And they started getting interview requests. And that learning... I, it wasn't just for that client. That actually parlayed into us doing viral video because what is social media? It's ads and pr- uh, public relations all mixed together. So I'm I'm grateful. I would have never thought that I would have gotten into PR, but now I wouldn't be me without having that. So this is uh, exactly what you just shared with us today, uh, and it's um, you know that you know you just keep doing, and I think. You know, the easiest way I could put it is following some of your joy. Like, yeah, you know, I think our body has feelings that know, hey, you, this is fun for you for a reason, you know, and there's things that you don't like. And that's for a reason. It's allowing you to, that's why I call it following your heart. You know, our feelings come from our heart, our words and stuff, our thinking comes from our mind. And when those two are aligned, magical moments like this, like your life, Alan, uh, really comes to play. So I'm I'm grateful that you were able to share your story. I think it just reinforces more people. And right now, while people are listening to this, make the decision to live their life. What I can look at you right now and listen to everything you just said, you chose life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You chose life. That's that's it. And you know, it's design your life and then build your career around it because you know, maybe it's something to end on, Alan, and you can just reinforce this is that if you go for the business, the job, the money, and then think that you'll just poof like a magic wand, have the life that you want. How many people do you and I both know, Alan, that that doesn't happen? And then you get to that, you hit a number or you get to CEO and then you're like, whoa, where's the life? Um, So it it takes doing what you're doing, Alan, uh, and what you've done is design your life and then build the revenue, the income around that, it, it actually makes a recipe that works instead of just closing your eyes, grabbing stuff at the supermarket and hoping you can make a meal when you get, when you get home, you know? The, the, so, so, uh, so thank you so much, Alan, for, for being here on the show and sharing. So if, if someone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way uh, uh, to reach you? Uh, alabastrophoto.com. You can go to my website, you can see some of my work, some of the fun that I've been having. Alabastro, A-L-A-B-A-S-T-R-O, photo, P-H-O-T-O.com. Perfect. And we'll put it in the show notes too and uh, make sure that people can have access to you and your stories and and uh, your photography. It's awesome. Thanks so much for being on the show, brother. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. And as always, everyone, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. We'll see you on the next show. Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenopleton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. And we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenopleton.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenopleton.com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.